Welcome everybody to the DC Tweet Team podcast and this is Being a Fan and what a guest I have for you today. Broadcaster, radio host, podcast host, uh, the voice of the NFL over here in the UK. My guest today is none other than Mr. Nat Coombs. Nat, how are you, sir? Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Andy, great to be here, man. Great to be here. How are you doing? I am very well, thank you, my friend. I am very well. Thank Good. you for asking. Um, Nat, so as we all know over here, you are pretty much one of the uh, the voices of the NFL now in the UK. But um, I think what a lot of people are interested to uh, to understand and hear from yourself, how did it all start from you? If you could take us back to the very beginning, obviously, how did the uh, the love of the uh, National Football League start for yourself? You know, someone called me uh, or referred to me on social media the other day as an NFL UK OG. <laughs> I'm going to take that. I will take that so from a well a broadcasting perspective professionally back in 2007 which is coincidentally coincidentally when the first international series game in london took place i'm not saying mm-hmm. anything i'm just making <laughs> association there. you are the og <laughs> but uh as a as a as a human being as a fan of the game all the way back to when i was a kid i just stumbled across it uh, as a sports mad kid turned it on tv one day and, and fell in love with it straight away Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, how how was it back as a kid? Who, if you want to explain for our listeners, who is your team in the NFL? So I'm a Miami fan. Uh, I'm big a Dolphins fan. Yeah, well, so things are looking up finally after after decades of uh, of indifference, and and even back then when I was a kid. So I was a, a you know child of the '80s, and so I was very much uh, uh, that uh, you know Marino era, that Cavalier. Uh, gunslinging offense that never really amounted to too much collectively, you know, in the odd, yeah. the odd play. I'm, I'm a Washington fan, that you have to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know exactly what I'm going through. So, yeah, a lot of eight and eight, nine and seven seasons from, if memory serves me correctly, from, yeah. from being a kid, but that didn't, that didn't matter because we played such exciting football. So that that was why, and there wasn't really any any particular reason for the Dolphins in that I didn't go to Florida on holidays as a kid, which I think some people have done. I didn't get, a lot of people get merch brought back by a family mm-hmm. member. That seems to kind of steer that the reason why they pick a team. But again, that wasn't me. It was just, uh, I turned it on. I, I guess the Dolphins were playing at some point in, in the old school highlight shows uh, on Channel 4 back in the day. And it was, yep, that's my team. I like that style. So yeah, Marino is the reason, of course. The great, the greatest of all time. Forget Brady, Marino's the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> so there was no like family members, no nothing. It was literally you just turned on the TV of your own accord. And ever since then, it's been the Miami Dolphins. That's it. You know, we got, I got, uh, so I got hooked straight away and I was, as I say, a sports mad kid. So I started, like, I subscribed to First Down newspaper for the Yeah, early, I remember. Yeah. yeah. I remember. So, and, uh, and, and then I, I, you know, I brought, I had a mini, a mini American football, which I brought into the playground and started getting pickup games going. And I was so, I was such, such an obsessed geek that I would keep uh, box scores of our games in break. I was <laughs> obviously insisted on being quarterback. So I would actually keep my completion my completion records from games <laughs> during break in a little book i was at, at ridiculous uh but i did yeah, so I, they definitely went through there were quite a few crazes at our school as they're always crazes and you know skateboards had their time for sure yo-yos they always seem to kind of come back in and out uh, and nfl uh thank you uh thanks to me just wheeling it in for a little while I had its its a uh, brief uh brief burst and then everyone got bored with it and moved on but i didn't i stuck with it 
Uh, no, fair play to you. Can you just explain? Obviously, we have a lot of we get listeners all over the world now. How explain to people how hard it was? I mean, I've said it many times. How hard it was getting so any sort of NFL content over here in the UK back in the day? Yeah, massively so. I mean, I think that is one of the key differences and causes for the the growth in the game, which is access mm-hmm. to not just things like Game Pass, which which of course is significant and podcasts like yours and and many others which and you know in, in your case and, and, and others team specific content that's mm-hmm. I think really really important as well obviously the expansive of the net but even these highlights is going up straight away you know my kids i've got two two kids and they uh they don't understand linear broadcasting in any sense they're not really bothered if i'm on the bbc or whatever yeah but they on youtube that's everything right and, and they yeah they'll tell me I'll be talking about a game. They'll have me on the phone, say, the next day. And uh, I put the phone there. I say, oh, we saw that because they saw the highlights just flash up on YouTube. And so the, uh, instantly, right? So I think that the access is underestimated and, and certainly is significant in the, in the growth of the game. But but to your original question, back in the day, I mean, I used to find out if the Dolphins had won from the box score in the Tuesday edition of the Times newspapers. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's how long you have to wait. To wait till Tuesday. I mean, we had, you know, highlight shows. We had, the sky was was around and, you know, I think I didn't have it as a kid. So it was yeah, first down, same. match reports, you know, from first down, which I think first down came out. Oh, God, this is testing me now. I'm pretty sure it came out Friday, although mm-hmm. your listeners might correct me, but it was definitely, you know, towards the end of the week, looking back at the games that had happened before and looking ahead. So, the first down newspaper and the box score in the times and of course the great american forces network radio where a lot of people have told me about that i'm you know i'm only 40 now so it's a bit before my a lot of people have said to me oh i used to listen to games and arms forces radio that seems to be a consistent <laughs> theme uh consistent theme is uk fans i uh it is and and uh it was for me seminal really because I wasn't allowed to stay up for the Super Bowl. So, you know, as a kid, obviously. So that's where I listened to them. And I just proper old school, like whizzing through a radio and the dial, just trying to turn it like a, like you're cracking a safe. <laughs> just to get that <laughs> precise, precise line and get this crackly, brilliant radio broadcast. And I love, I've always loved sport on the radio and it's been, you know, a privilege to do uh, what I've done on, on TV, but uh, radio uh, I've enjoyed equally as much you know it's uh it's uh, I've had the um again the, the 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 pleasure of being able to do Super Bowls both on telly and radio and both are great in their own right and kind of going full circle when I look back I was in Miami this year and I took my ESPN show out there we did a, a show every day but then the on game day I was doing the the Super Bowl for talk sport and I remember just standing there you know the half an hour before game time and <laughs> 25 years ago, I'd be, I was listening to this under my under my covers. Yeah, and uh, and it's a fun fun way to think of that in that in that way, or rather, it's a, it's a, in that context of uh, the journey that, that I've been on from from a little kid listening to and, and watching where I could this at the time obscure kind of left field sport, and now it it is where it is, and we have all these games during the season and all this coverage and yeah it's come a long way in this country for sure yeah it must be a bit surreal for you obviously going from being such an nfl fan to doing what you're doing now you know we see you on our tv screens we hear you on the radio it must be really surreal for you like you've kind of jumped into the nfl world and it wasn't a plan either like i didn't 
I was chatting to someone the other day about this. I didn't have a plan to be a presenter. I definitely didn't have a plan to be an NFL presenter. I was always a performer. So, uh, you know, I acted um, growing up as a, as a kid, uh, or certainly as a teenager, I was doing, I did a film with Judy Dench and I was kind of, it's in my family and in my blood. So I was kind of leaning that way. And then uh, I went to uni, uh, read English. So writing was always a big part of what, I was, what I've done. And I guess, therefore, it kind of made sense that the journalistic side of what I do but I stumbled into into presenting via stand up, right? So <laughs> something else I also stumbled into, but I did that and I and I did okay at it and kind of got got us to a certain level and got an agent. And it was only really as 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 I went down the road that I started to piece together well, and ask those questions that I guess we all have to ask at some point in life. What do I really want to do? Mm-hmm. And then I, I realized, well, look, to bring all these things together presenting and sports presenting made sense and uh, the, but the nfl gig didn't come along straight away and it certainly was a was a fortuitous break in that the production company that i worked with on a couple of other things were making it the time for for channel five back yeah then. was it around 2007 you started in channel five from yeah, that when they started their that's coverage right. that's right they're, they're already doing it that's what when i started with them but colin murray was doing it that's before it. me and colin let, had to leave quite suddenly uh, mid-season because of a, a, I think a Radio One gig or some other gig. It might even be match of the day too. Thinking about it, but uh, anyway, he left. He left quite quite suddenly, and so they had some standard presenters for the rest of that season. And then they did a big, uh, I guess, a kind of big casting thing, and lots of people screen tested. And I was, I guess, an outsider going into it because I was still pretty raw. And, mm-hmm. and but they they took a took a punt on me, and actually it was um, a guy called I'm going to give him a shout out called Jamie H is an H who is a a brilliant brilliant producer and and ultimately sports exec who then went to channel four and was presided over the paralympics and a brilliant guy and h dropped me a line the other day because i was doing the the bbc show with oc and j bell uh, and it went out on Mac, after match the day on saturday night and dropped me a line and just said oh man it's i'm just, you know i'm so proud of you and i was thinking wow man this is like 15 years on you he gave me the big break back in the day and uh, uh and i you know and it's it's lovely to still be in touch with people that have helped you out and are, and are really sound and really good at what they do. Uh, but you took a massive gamble on me because I was raw, is it? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it paid off. Now. Well, I don't know about that, but he um, but yeah, he kept the faith. So, so yeah, I did kind of stumble into it. But the, the interesting thing about it, I guess, is despite the fact I'd, I'd done quite a few different things and was, you know, was doing all right at a, a number of them, but nothing quite felt, rang totally true, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the 30 seconds... Uh, maybe a minute right but no more than that of doing this live like my first broadcast terrified as i was internally yeah <laughs> making all kinds of mistakes i just knew i, I, I you know it's a, it might sound like a cliche but i knew i'd come home i knew that this is what i want to do like, yeah it just all fell into place so i guess my advice for anyone out there listening who is thinking about trying to make a career of this in, in whatever area don't sweat it too much if you're not quite sure how you see it playing out you know it could be that you haven't found that yet so just try things and scramble a little bit and experiment and commentate and analyze and host and host write a podcast and, yeah, host a podcast about the washington <laughs> football team and you're, and you're sorted yeah brilliant brilliant um is there a, a memory for you now obviously you've gone from fan to a great, a great broadcaster you are now is there one standout memory for you that stands out for your football fandom that you think like either like you're from a young lad where you're thinking my god now this is amazing what i'm doing is there something that a football memory maybe a game or anything to that caliber that really stands out for you in the years you've been doing this 
I, I it'd be very hard to pick one because you know I've been lucky to to, to do so many different things and I meet mm-hmm. so many incredible people like I, I did I like recreated the catch with with Montana and everybody I the <laughs> NFL tailgates in uh, Wembley and then about three hours later I was interviewing him on the pitch at Wembley and we were talking about John Candy because of course the the drive which is pretty much the first Super Bowl I remember actually which was that 49ers Bengals one and when Montana points out John Candy in the, in the crowd, <laughs> teammates, which to me is still one of the most incredible moments of brilliance from any sportsman ever just to chill out his teammates and I, I love love Montana so that was you know again super surreal and and fun and uh, I remember one of my favorite stories is in it was in my at the end of my or going into my second season I, I should say so when uh, Mike Carlson and I had a long time sparring partner Carlson and I were in on a preseason tour in the States. We're getting loads of uh, content for loads of footage for the season. And we went to Albany where the Giants were training. Uh, and of course, Osi was, um, w- was training. Uh, that reminded back then. Uh, I don't know if we interviewed him or not. Uh, I remember we interviewed Plaxico, mm-hmm. uh, Barres and, and others. I'm not sure we interviewed Osi then, but, and then we went to Boston and uh, up to Foxborough and, uh, and were with the Patriots and, Long story short, jaded beat writers there covering training camp, bit bored because let's face it, they weren't getting much from from Coach Belichick in, in many of those presses. <laughs> no. uh, sitting around in the in the press room, waiting for the press conference to start, and you know it's it's primarily because there's no big story, so it's primarily Boston beat guys and you know radio and uh, and everything else. And yeah, we said, oh, uh, you know, bright eyed, bushy tailed Brit saying, I think I'm going to get an interview with. Coach Belichick, and they just looked at me like I was a complete <laughs> idiot. And I said, no, because my my co-host Mike went to college with him because Carlson went to Wesleyan College with Belichick. That he was oh wow, a year older than him, right? So, uh, and they just looked at me like I was an idiot. And then the PR guy came in and said, guys, uh, we're gonna start in about five minutes. We're just gonna do a quick uh, extra media hit with uh, uh, a crew from the UK. Guys, do you want to come through? <laughs> we just <got laughs> throw you in to the back and interview Belichick. So that was pretty cool, but. Uh, but the absolute answer uh, is Jim Kelly. So Dolphins fan of that generation. And Kelly was, of course, uh-huh. always often had the better of us. And it was a great Bills team. And Kelly was one of the players that came over uh, when the Bills came over, of course, a few years back. And so he was on when I was doing the live live coverage for the BBC that day. And he came into studio and a, a brilliant guy on the field and, and even more so off with everything he's been through and what he stands for, like a true heavyweight so uh, one of my favorite players and to meet him and just have the opportunity to interview him in that context and i'm looking around mm-hmm. like you know this is a game at wembley and yeah interviewing jim kelly that was that was pretty special yeah. yes that is amazing now now i know your time's very precious so i won't keep you too long i'm really grateful that you've taken the time to come and talk to me today so the last few from me um how far do you think the game in the uk can go and you've probably been asked this a million times but it keeps keep it keeps coming up will we ever get a full-time franchise over here uh, in the uk the sixty-four thousand dollar question huh yeah and it's only going to continue to grow i i believe i think for for a lot of reasons the wheels are clearly in motion there's already a, a solid fan base that is absolutely engaged and you know it's just getting stronger and stronger and bigger and i think generationally there's a big big um big big spike in a new generation of fans coming through which is which is obviously critical for any sport yeah i think the nfl demonstrably there's partly thinks a lot of that generation are playing it you know whether it's flag whether it's organized uh 
team that you can join at you know at the age of 12 i think in this country and then of course the whole student uh or college for your american listeners uh, uh whole a university uh league is just huge so i think that's a big big thing and also because we're getting uh as i say the momentum is there like the precedent has been set the nfl aren't going to retract from it so mm-hmm. only going to get bigger whether we get a team i think that's a much more complex issue and i i, I reckon we're still a, quite a long way away from that and maybe and this is no kind of inside intel but maybe a long way away from it and maybe we don't need it you know i think if you talk to yeah i've said that for a long time i think i'm quite happy with the way they're doing it at the minute a lot of people have said to me oh if you've got a franchise over there would you not would you support them i'm like no (laughs) yeah this is it i mean that's the that's the tricky thing i mean i know in america that there's a precedent of sorts there where i've got mates who let's say relocated to la from somewhere else in the country and they'll go and watch the dodgers or the lakers or the clippers Mm -hmm. or you know, maybe even the Chargers. Some people still go and see them as yeah. well. And uh, actually, mind you, the Chargers are looking good this year. But they, um, they are. The, you know, the, the point is they're kind of comfortable saying, well, this is my team, but this is my other team. But I'm not sure that that would happen in, in, in the UK. I think it would be hard. You know, I don't know how I'd feel about it, you know, in that respect as a fan. Yeah, most definitely. Team. So it's a tricky one. With your uh, journalist head on now, now obviously we are the Washington uh, football team, we are mm. a Washington podcast. What are yeah. your thoughts on what's been going on in Washington recently? Name change, coaching change, uh, whole, we all know it's gone off the field. Very briefly, what are your thoughts on what's going on over in Washington? I think given what has been happening, it's qu- you know, quietly confident that you're, you're going in the right direction. I mean, look, they're the quarterback situation needs to be resolved. And, and I, and I don't know whether you'll ever go back to Haskins. Uh, maybe I don't really, I'm interested in what you think about that because I no. I think he, maybe he did, did deserve a chance, but I think cause he's not Ron Rivera's guy. I think he's made yeah. it pretty clear that he'd, he'd rather put Alex Smith in before him, you yeah. know, but it's not none of those Well, If Haskins isn't the guy, then much as Alex Smith is an incredible human being, uh, he's yeah. not the long-term solution. No, he's not That's not, not necessarily a problem given where you're at because you can you know, look at the kind of Miami model of sorts and think, well, can either one of those do a job for a year? And, uh, you know, if, 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 if you keep things competitive and aren't in the hunt for, uh, you know, for Lawrence or Fields, right, then, mm-hmm. then, you know, maybe that's what you need to do. I think defensively clearly is, is the identity of the team and very exciting. I mean, the uh, you know the obvious names notwithstanding um you know players like you know Montez Sweat is just balling at the moment oh, so, it's amazing so i think uh i think there's uh, and i like the coaching i like the kind of old school combo mm-hmm. there uh, you know and look Rivera has obviously had health issues which uh, which is i guess further complicated things but i yep. like the the coaching setup there i think it's a good experienced crew but not out of touch in the same way apparently same you know mike nolan is as far as the players are concerned so yeah i think it's and given you're in the nfc east which is the most winnable division in the history of football, <laughs> win six games win the division there's a lot to be there's a lot to be uh optimistic about it yeah but it, you know clearly a crucial couple of years because despite being in the nfc east you never know right but probably yeah you, you're gonna be i mean i suppose you you were the most likely to challenge Philly for the division, right? Dallas are just... You would say now with the way yeah. Dallas are pretty beat up, so you'd say, yeah, it's out of us and Philly. I'd yeah. say the Giants are pretty much yeah. gone. It's probably 
famous last words. We got them next week, but yeah, I'd say us and Philly. Yeah, so you never, you never know. Like a seven and nine record, and you're in the playoffs. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But, yeah, the crucial, crucial year. Eighteen months coming up in terms of, in terms of that rebuild, but a lot more yep. positive than than I you know was about year nine months ago. So yeah, yeah, going the right now. Yeah, that very crucial question now. Are you, you know, I'm sure how you're going to answer this. Will J Bell win Strictly Come Dancing? Oh, 100%. I mean, there's no other, <laughs> there, there's no other candidate there. I mean, it's not even close. I'm surprised books are still open on it, frankly. <laughs> that man is, is training 90 or 20 hours a day. Uh, yeah. he's, got a, he's got a nightclub in his own house, a disco that he... That's for a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he... Um, yeah, he. I, I think. He, I think he's already. You know, this we're recording this after the first week, and I thought he nailed yep. it. And he's got the like. Jay Bell's got the got the charisma. <laughs> he's got the he's got the spiel. He's got because you need that. And it's not just. I was talking to him about it, and he, uh, I said Look, the, the trouble I'd have is I'd be too much too busy concentrating on my steps that I wouldn't. I'd be wouldn't be able to think about anything else. And he said he's opened the pathways now. Now we could see you on there next year. <laughs> I, would, I would definitely be a first. First round bust. But he, um, because of his footwork, right? I mean, he's a quarterback. Yeah. He's got that. He's got the coordination. Uh, but he, he does the, he's already nailed the thing, which is you got to, it's as much about the performance, you know, with your face and projecting out and all of that side of it as it is, with, you know, with your, with your footwork. So I think he's, uh, I think he's a dark horse for, for the title. I'm, de- I'm definitely voting for him. We're getting- there you go. Strictly come dancing talk on the DC Tweet Team <laughs> podcast. Nat, thank you so much for coming on this show, my friend. I know you are such a super, super busy man, but I love all the content you put out. You fly the flag so well for all of us over here in the UK. Keep doing what you're doing, sir, and I will talk to you soon. Andy, man, I really appreciate you saying that, and uh, congrats with the pod. Keep balling with that, man. Keep rolling with that, and uh, uh, I'll hopefully uh, come back and see you soon. Thank you, my friend. Take care, mate. Take care, man. Bye-bye.